start a few minutes early, maybe get done. Let's see. We've had to do this on time. I'm an old man. I like movies, okay? Welcome back, everyone, to our homely podcast. We are almost perfect, guys. I don't know if you can feel it, but that's how close we are. We are right there. And so every week we give it another shot. We are so glad you are here listening or watching with us. I am John, and I am here with our good friend, Tom. Tom, how are you this morning? Good. I'm good. Uh, great to see you, John. Likewise, and it's also good to see our friend Brad. Brad, how are you this morning? I am doing so well, and you know we're almost we're so almost perfect that we can almost smell it. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So many jokes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. It's good to be here. Amen. Brad's uh, Brad. Uh, Wade is not with us. Wade is actually taking vacation. Good for him. I think he says. What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he says he's gonna be gone for the next two weeks. So I'm happy for him and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. get some time it's away. Good. good. So and I'm sure his church appreciates it too. Because I, I probably I think we needed two weeks away from Wade too. Don't you think? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure to send him that part of this week's podcast. Um, yeah, we, we won't send that to him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that you did that with me. That that one, it didn't show up on the podcast, but it sure showed up on your Facebook. So yeah, <laughs> the power of editing, brother. Yes. <clears throat> uh, so guess what I did this weekend, gentlemen? I became the parent of a college graduate. I know it's cool, uh-huh. right? It was yeah. pretty cool, yeah. Our oldest daughter graduated here at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, uh, oh, cool. major and magna cum laude. We were just extremely proud of her. Been a long time coming, of course, and uh, just happy for her. Just kind of, a, kind of a cool feeling. She even kind of made fun of us because she said, you guys are funny when you post stuff because I guess she wanted us to like make all of our Facebook posts about her, but we were like, this is about us. <laughs> yeah. Look what we did. This is our accomplishment, you know, back with what you did. (laughs) Right. We did this, girl. (laughs) So anyway. So so did they did they have a graduation ceremony or are they going to have a graduation ceremony? It on Saturday. And I gotta tell you, man, it was kind of strange, but at the same time, I, I could totally get used to this. So it lasted. We were probably at American Bank Center Bank Center for about 40 minutes. And so what they did is they started promptly at 1.30 and they, you know, they do their introduction, they did the national anthem. I think there was a video, you know, conferring the degrees, all that kind of stuff. Didn't last all that long. And the graduates are not in the arena. They're standing out in the hallway, you know, upstairs, or however many of them there are. And when they started calling everyone, they walk in and they'd walk in, go up the stage, get their degree, take a picture, walk out, and then they walk out of the whole mm. American Bank Center. So what was strange is that, you know, throughout the entire ceremony, <laughs> but the entire ceremony, you have families walking down all throughout because yeah. their kid went, they, they're walking out too because, you know, right. you, you get your degree and you go and sit back down, but not, mm-hmm. not they just, they hauled it out of there. And so we did. Wow. So it was yeah. strange, but you know, it is what it is. So that's right. So one down, two to go for us. Amen. So. Wow. So I, I'm assuming they did it uh, alphabetically. So you would have been out sooner than I would have been out if uh, I had a graduate. 
Yes, mm -hmm. yes. We we did the Fs, and so uh, yeah, we we weren't there very long at all. It was good. So, how was your uh, weekend? Boy, something went through my mind. It's a good thing I have a filter on the. the... Yes, we're we're thankful too, Tom. Thank you very much. Oh, but uh, <laughs> have been thankful for a long time now, Tom. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, it was so good, but it was so bad. <laughs> Four more weeks. Four more weeks, Tom. You can do it. You can yeah. do it. <laughs> Four weeks from today. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I have uh, two follow-up stories, guys, from last okay. week. All right. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. Not so much follow-up, but just like it's kind of what we talked about last week, but in a different way. So you remember last week we talked about being burnt out, right? Um, yep. That means what it does to me. So Sports Illustrated had a little article online. Uh, about uh, the mental health of baseball players, right? Mm. And it talks about, in particular, relief pitchers having some of the worst mental health in the sport. Really? Yeah, and a lot of it having to do with being burnt out, right? Mm. Think about these <laughs> pitchers who spend, you know, half a year in one place and they're being traded and moved around and, you know, going – place to place and the the kind of uh, schedules they have that are different from maybe some other more constant players i don't know um but anyway i just found it interesting that uh baseball players in general particularly over covid have struggled in a, in a particular kind of way and uh you know what that stress has been like for them but then even going a little bit further relief pitchers having to deal with a different kind of you know sense of uh, mental health disturbance. Tom, you're my go-to baseball guy. Have you heard any of that? Well, I, was, I was just kind of processing that with the uh, with uh, relief pitchers because, you know, if you've had a bad outing as a starting pitcher, you've got about five, six days to recover before you have to pitch again. But, uh, you know, if you if you come in and with the lead uh, and, and blow it as a relief pitcher, you, you've got to get your act together because – either tomorrow or the next day you're going to be back in so i can and i'm also thinking that with the relief pitchers uh you know i uh because i follow the the hooks and and on talking to some of the some of the guys that uh, they are definitely a different breed of cat to begin with mm -hmm. so Sorry, go ahead. Edu educate me because you know I, I played baseball as a kid but i don't I don't know a whole lot about how all the trades work and all of that, but it, it would seem to me like um, are relief pitchers some of the most uh, frequently traded or not? Is that uh, who's who's most frequently traded midseason? Yeah, toward the end of in the season, if it you know before the trade line, if the if the team has a good chance, they're more likely looking for some type of pitcher, either another starting uh, pitcher or uh, just as often for relief pitchers. So more than likely, you know, somewhere around July, August, if you're a good, if you're and see this, that's the other thing. If you're a decent pitcher. Mm -hmm. uh, you're you're very marketable and uh, you know that's both the 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 uh, blessing and the curse of the thing is you're going to be moving around a lot mm -hmm. here's the uh, here's a, a part of the article that kind of i hadn't thought about this is th this game is failure failure surrounds us it engulfs us we're reminded of it by fans scoreboards websites coaches talent evaluators and seemingly everyone else even when we're really good we're failing more than succeeding yeah 
yeah. yeah. And just that sort of uh, pressure or reality kind of weighing on someone. Uh, so it's talking about <laughs> mental health, but part of that is, is the burnout that, you know, kind of comes with the territory. So, you know, we, we talked about last week, burnout, not just being tired, but just, you know, this overall situation, the different components of, of where you're at with your, you know, your life and, and what you're doing and how that, how that kind of relates. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. So follow up, go check out that last episode. And here's another follow up. Last week, uh, we learned about the Lego Mafia. And I don't know yeah. if you guys decided to like get into that business or not. But this, uh, see, Lego pieces routinely wash ashore at UK Beach. All right. So uh, on the coast of Cornwall. Wait a minute. Are they are they chained to concrete or something? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> So it's directly related to the mafia, but it is Lego oriented. Okay. Okay, I got you. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> Cornwall, southeast west of England, there's a beach where the tide brings in an inordinately large amount of plastics from the ocean. Among the pieces of plastic waste, however, are pieces of plastic treasure. Lego. In fact, over the past 24 years, get ready, gentlemen, some portion of 4.8 million Lego pieces have washed ashore on the Cornish beach. And, and, and so what's going could, on in my mind? You could build a house. I, I, this is what's going on in my mind. It's at a beach, right? Yeah. How many of y'all walk on the beach barefoot? Ow. But the other thing is, what you're saying is it's coming from somewhere. And I'm going, what kid keeps losing his Legos? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Overseas. Very good and insightful uh, question, Tom. So let's see. We're at here. The phenomenon began in 1997 when a rogue wave hit a container ship, the Tokyo Express. The impact oh. wave sent many of the ship's containers overboard, including one containing the millions of pieces of Lego. Makes me wonder how many more million have we not found, right? Um, let's see. The fish are playing with them. That's right, the turtles are building birds yeah. and- New shells. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, incredibly, many of these pieces were destined for Lego sets with sea adventure themes. Among the lost bricks and other bits were for Lego flippers, which I have no idea what those are, as well as 97,000 scuba tanks, 26,000 life preservers, 13,000 spear guns, and 4,200 octopuses. Octopi? Octopuses. I don't know what that means. I guess those are Lego pieces? I don't know. But No, I, I was going to say, yeah, I was doesn't sound it sounds weird sounds weird so just to say the least (laughs) (laughs) which is usually what you bring us john weird yeah yeah okay you did not know about the world of lego and how far it reaches beyond just you know your afternoon fun right so i'm i'm helping you here and one day well maybe you tom you know because you're you got former sermons you're preparing sooner rather than later yeah i'm gonna walk the beaches a lot more that's right and you're gonna step on one like oh john but i didn't pay attention yeah (laughs) i'm thinking more positively it's like i don't have to buy legos i just have to walk the beach and pick them up so if you see a beach combing as a whole new, you know, thing, we just need to find metal detectors that will detect plastic instead. 
Oh, plastic yeah. metal detector. There you go, a plastic detector. Mm -hmm. See a guy walking on the beach that looks kind of mafia-ish. Leave him alone. He's doing? picking up Legos to sell uh, in the bracket. Right. And again, that's a reference to last week's episode as well. So you'll listen to that. Yeah, go watch it. Yeah. Uh, so here's what I want to talk about. Uh, something I didn't know, I didn't realize until I woke up this morning, went and brushed my teeth. Um, you do that first, get your prey on, say hello to your family. And then, 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 then you can go check out the news and what's going on in the world. But anyway, this week I found out the album What's Going On by Marvin Gaye turns 50, mm. 50 years ago this week. That yeah, I don't feel old at all. Thank you. <laughs> um, that album is older than me. That's all I'll say. Um, but uh, I've heard it. Every, I don't know how many people haven't heard at least the, you know, one or mm -hmm. two of the songs um, from that album. So anyway, I, I gave that idea to the guys to talk about, you know, this, this, this great album, which is, it's not just a classic, it's like a staple. And uh, I think I read somewhere that Rolling Stones has what's going on as like the fourth most popular song, pop song in history, four out of 500, however they do all that rating. But one of the things that, uh, <clears throat> if you know about the story of, of Marvin Gaye making that album is uh, not everybody wanted him to do it because it didn't quite fit the, the form and the, and the style of music that he was known for at the time and that even uh, Motown Records was, was known for. And, but he, he just had to do this, right? And uh, for, for reasons that were important to him. And so anyway, I, I asked the guys to kind of think about that question, uh, what's going on? Because that album written, produced and released 50 years ago, I mean, it could have been released yesterday and it'd be just as relevant for us today yeah. as it was then uh, for a lot of reasons. And so, you know, somebody, some bodies didn't want Marvin Gaye to ask the question, what's going on? Just keep making your pretty music about, you know, romance and stuff and do what mm -hmm. you do. But uh, Marvin couldn't do that. So I wanted to ask the guys to kind of think about that question. What's going on? And, you know, there's, we hear from, from people from time to time that preacher just, that, that's not what we want to hear. You need to tell us, you know, Jesus or whatever else. But, you know, preachers have to ask that question. What's going on? <laughs> like, what is happening around us? And so I thought if uh, Tom and Brad could, help us kind of answer that question in, in your eyes as preachers, as, as leaders in the church, as people, followers of God, all that stuff. I mean, how do you answer that question? What do you see that you wish other people, more people would pay attention to and take more seriously? What's going on, Brad? I think there is so much distraction going on. Um, things that, that, are important but have been elevated beyond where they ought to be and I know it's a dangerous precipice that I'm standing on on my tiptoes but I, I think we have we have succumbed as a society to an awful lot of um, I don't even know how to describe it um, outside influences that that try to explain uh, or, or that try to get us and, and, and manipulate us into feeling something where that wasn't even on our radar before, which is a good thing. Sometimes we need to have our eyes open. But I think um, I think we, we, we find an awful lot of things that just inundate us daily. And, and after a while, it's not that we become numb to them, 
<clears throat> it's that we become um, so overwhelmed we shut down. And I think that's where our culture is at this point in time. I certainly think that's where the church is, you know, with so many things going on and so many things being uh, pressed against us or toward, you know, to, into our attention. After a while, people shut down. It, it's not that they're, we're overwhelmed, you know, and, and the sad part is, is that many of these, these things that we need to be considering that, that haven't been on our radar need to be on our radar. But when you have so much of it coming all the time, people begin to go, I don't know what's happened to our world anymore. And they get, they get to the point where they just kind of, for, for sanity's sake, will shut down and, and close themselves off. That's not healthy either. But I, I see a lot of that happening right now. Um, we've got racial issues that are going crazy right now. But that, you know, I hate to say it, that, that's nothing new. We've had racial issues since the beginning of our country, before it was a country, you know, and, and we've had uh, uh, gender issues, too, you know, that are, that are overwhelming us. And how do you, how do you hear that with the, the, the ears and the heart of Christ in the midst of how hard and how fast so many of these things are coming uh, and still maintain that Christ-centered response to it. It's, it's, uh, it's very overwhelming to me and for a lot of people that I know. So, you know, again, talking about the, the album, what's going on and song, mm-hmm. uh, several things I've seen that, you know, people talking about it and kind of describing it, if somebody hasn't heard it, is how uh, Marvin Gaye was able to, to bring to issue some of these topics, like ones you're, you're talking about, um, but he's not like mm-hmm. pointing a finger at you and or yelling at yeah. you or um, or cr- even criticizing. Really, just he's he's asking the question, but in a way that gives people a chance to like respond. Like, mm-hmm. what is happening, right? And you know, maybe that is a good approach, right? Um, instead of right. assume you have the best answer for everybody. With all of these issues that are coming at us, let's take a step back to kind of talk to each other, um, right. talking at each other, right, about mm-hmm. what's happening or, or how we deal with what is going on. Tom, what's going on? Well, it's interesting. You know, I hadn't really thought about it until uh, Brad uh, said uh, we have so many distractions. And uh, I don't know... Uh, if this happened in your home, but in our home, you know, the internet net was out and it was not because our power went out or anything like that is because something happened uh, with our internet source beyond the house. And, and so we had an afternoon um, without internet. And honestly, that uh, it was very interesting to learn how much I use the internet to distract me, whether it's, uh, you know, you know, it's watching something on Netflix or going to YouTube or checking, uh, you know, the, the baseball scores or what are they saying about, uh, uh, you know, the Eagles, no, the Cowboys. Um, and, and, and I didn't realize uh, how I have trouble with, a period of silence and um, a period where there aren't the usual electronic distractions. Um, and, and, and I know that that's a part, you know, when you talk about that, Brad, uh, 
from a, a media perspective, yeah, we it's it's like we are constantly uh, in an ocean uh, of information. So it's so so uh, all encompassing. We don't even know which way to look and what makes up that information. So. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I found uh, it's an inter interesting, though, is that um, a book I started months ago and hadn't picked up in a while. I, I, I at least started reading again for the first time in a long time. And the other thing is that uh, I, you know, I uh, there was a magazine article that that made me aware of something I didn't, I wasn't aware of at all. And that's, you know, something that's going on in China uh, among a, a Muslim population that is isolated, but there's also is under heavy, uh, what, what was it? Uh, they're the most uh, uh, surveyed or, or under surveillance people in the world and, and very, very restricted. And as I'm reading that, I'm going, uh, you know, that, uh, one is I didn't even know about these people. I didn't know uh, what they were under, but that also uh, informs me that there's a lot of things that are going on that we should be more attentive to, uh, especially in, uh, in, in light of our faith as followers of Jesus Christ. We know that Christ embraces nations and it, it not just, we're not just talking about U.S., uh, uh, China, but we're talking about the different ethnicities and and cultures, and, and all of that, and and you know, uh, as followers of Jesus Christ, uh, we we really aren't trying to squelch um, uh, uh, culture and and what truly makes people's groups different, uh, but we're we're to we're we're to be open to celebrate, and I'm not talking about. Uh, Muslim religion versus Christian religion. I, you know, I still believe that Jesus Christ is is the answer, but I also know that there's things in that culture that, apart from uh, their religious belief, that is so essential for us as a whole, which also addresses what's going on in the United States with the race. You know, this racial uh, uh, struggle, and it's it's like learning to embrace the cultural differences and celebrate that rather than to look at everyone as foreigners or immigrants or, uh, you know, they're wrong. Uh, and so those are the things that are kind of bouncing around in my head and uh, also bouncing around in our culture right now as Americans. It's almost like, uh, John, I want to hear where you are. Well, it's, yeah. kind of fun. it's almost like, you know, our instant uh, ability to connect with one another social media, you know, and online news, all that stuff. It's it's something good, but it's also something we need to be mindful of because uh, be careful with because, okay, whatever's on my heart, whatever, I want to tell you what's going on. I want to address, I can just put it out there. And, and you know, once you see it, it becomes something that, that you see and that you need to do something with, or you need to kind of think about. And, and then Tom brings his thing and Brad brings his thing and someone else brings her thing or, you know, whatever else. And so, so what you guys are talking about this sort of bombardment of, of issues or, or things to, to think about and to reflect on and deal with. So in that sense, like, man, it's right there. It's so, it's so uh, immediate. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's good because 
Otherwise, if we didn't have that, maybe we just kind of think about our own thing and not see the rest of the world and the struggle that other people go through and the issues mm -hmm. other people have to deal with. And so I actually think the church is set up to deal with that kind of um, holy bombardment, right? Uh, because you think of the different spiritual gifts that every Christian has, right? Um, you know, you can sort of classify every believer um, by spiritual gifts. You, know, you start there because you, know, you think of all those spiritual gifts that are listed in scripture. And you know, each one of us has one or a couple of those, right? And while they may, well, my spiritual gifts may be different than Brad's and Tom's, you know, I still share those spiritual gifts with somebody else. And so, you know, those spiritual gifts tend to lead me in certain ways that maybe they wouldn't lead Tom or Brad or, or someone else. But then Tom's spiritual gifts lead him somewhere where I wouldn't necessarily be led and same thing for Brad and so on. And so I feel like, you know, if we're as a church, we are tuned into the, the movement of the spirit, you know, those issues that come up that relate to uh, how I see the world and the perspective that God has given me and, and the spiritual gifts I have to, to, grow, the, to, to grow the church and to, to learn how to work God's kingdom, uh, I think that helps me pay attention to those things. Whereas again, you all can have your other perspectives that right. you bring, but then all that comes together in a way that we can um, think through these things together, that we can figure out, you know, what's the church's next step right now in this season, or what are we called to, right. to do, to tackle, to take on, to, to pray about whatever next, depending on how God is moving right here and now and how we are, uh, making use of our spiritual gifts. You know, the church, sadly, I feel like we lose that part of the conversation. Um, instead of uh, celebrating that we have spiritual gifts given to us by God, we're, we're more happy just because we have opinions about stuff. And then we let our opinions take us away yeah. from helpful, uh, helpful ways to to, to take care of and address these issues that, that are mm -hmm. pressing on us. Like, like one of you said, I don't know if we were recording by then or not, but issues that have been around since forever right yeah uh, oh yeah yeah you know uh, that's one of the things yeah. that bothers me over the last couple of years I've had people tell me, you know, if this wasn't a problem before so and so said something well that's very ignorant that's yeah yeah it's um, not true that's right it's more like i was comfortable until you brought it up now i'm uncomfortable so it never existed until you made me uncomfortable yeah and that is that is so uh unhealthy right mm -hmm. opinion uh, based on some other mm -hmm. stuff, but instead of instead of rallying around our opinions about things, let's rally around the movement of the spirit that God is doing in the church that 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 God is uh, yeah. moving in the church, and and go from there. But instead, we take the sort of the, the cultural route, uh, the the you know our larger cultural route, which is to yeah. kind of pitch our tents around an opinion or around a certain group, and you know anybody else who says who says anything against that or even gives an inkling that you might not fully agree, then you know what? I'm down with you. And that just doesn't That's right. do anything for us. And we set up battle camps, you know, and, and draw battle lines instead of, instead of opening up in dialogue. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, uh, Gay's song was all about, you know, it was really about how do I, how do I talk about peace in such a way that's not offensive? Mm. Because, you know, my definition of peace and your definition of peace and your definition of peace may be, totally opposite of each other, totally different directions and dimensions and stuff. But how can we begin to dialogue about peace 
when we can't even agree on what peace means. But, you know, he says, if I was arguing peace, I knew I'd have to find peace in my heart, you know, so it has to start within the self. And, and I think that's profound. Uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it was a profound movement at that time. But yeah, this has been around forever. Paul wrote about this in, in his letters, you know, about neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free, that we're all one in Christ. And, and you know, then he has also talked about we're all needed in the body of Christ, too, like you were saying, you know, that, that we all have the gifts and graces. It's, re- it's when we fail to use those gifts and graces for the, the blessing of the kingdom or for the work of the kingdom and for, you know, you know, the word of God. Yeah, so... Yeah, well, I was thinking as you mentioned, you know, Paul and and neither, uh, well, neither male nor female. I mean, just, but but uh, our tendency is to erect borders and and walls, and uh, and and that's the very thing that uh, that Paul uh, talks about is you know there is this 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 wall, and uh, and Jesus has has uh, taken the wall down. And uh, mm-hmm. that we we are coming together in Him, and and we're celebrating, uh, we're celebrating our you know our call, uh, our you know who we are in Jesus Christ, and uh, and, and again you know that word celebration. I, I just think of, about it throughout Scripture and how how uh, e- even in the you know the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures. Uh, festivals and 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 celebrations happened over and over again and they weren't just for a day or two like we have you know we have a weekend holiday or we have a a a day in the middle of the week and and uh, and that's it I mean they would do it for days and and weeks and in fact they even on occasion did it for a whole year Uh, that was just you know, part of this celebration of what God had done in the community among the people. And, and I, you know, I think certainly we, we long for those kind of experiences, but we, uh, we don't allow them to happen because we're always in a hurry to get the next thing done. We're distracted. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, yeah. Brad, uh, you know, we just, <laughs> we, have our own agendas. Huh? we have our own agendas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just wait until you have an administrative council or an SPRC meeting, you know, that yeah. you, know, you find out that you're on different, uh, uh, different uh, paths. But the inter- interesting thing is, uh, you know, I was just thinking, uh, if you're not in a hurry to make mm-hmm. a decision, you know, we, we got to do it now. Uh you can you can process that and have a conversation around that if you you know if you basically if you start with the premise we're going to do the hard work of confronting things that are going to make us uncomfortable so on the other side of that that we have a common sense of direction um, mm-hmm. and, and usually you know it's like we will just stifle even in ourselves, those uh, those emotions and feelings and thoughts, so that we don't stir up things. And I think that the gospel calls us calls us to be to be uh, like Marvin Gaye, at least speaking, whether it's in a quiet voice, uh, preferably a, a calm, reasoned position, but willing to have that conversation long enough so that something that good should happen does happen so right. lines from the course uh 
talk to me so you can see what's going on. So it actually just kind of summarizes part of what you just said, Tom, and I think someone what you were mentioning as well, Brad, is like, um, you know, instead of deciding what's important, instead of you, you saying, you know what, this is what you need to think and this is what you, talk to each other, right? And let's, let's share that together, right? You don't decide for me what my life should be. You don't decide what I need to focus on. Let's talk together to figure out where we go next, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and that is certainly a way that uh, the spirit guides the church, right? We have to figure figure that out. We've, I think we've talked here before. If it hasn't been here, it's been somewhere else, I know for sure, but I've never understood. I have never understood the church's sort of blind allegiance to uh, Robert's rules of orders, right? Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and, and, even the order. and God forbid, even the discipline. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I, I, you know uh, finding consensus, I, I understand that completely. And I understand that, you know, it, it was helpful for a lot of people, mm-hmm. for a lot of certain, but it kind of takes on its own life when it becomes the the priority itself. And well, wait a minute, we didn't second. And we didn't, when the real priority is finding that voice together about where we feel like God is leading us. Right. Yeah. And the other part of that, that bothers me is, you know, when we talk about some of these issues that Marvin Gaye talked about in what's going on, which some of them are, you know, the conversations we're still, we're still having, some people are still learning, we're still having, you know, uh, and the idea that, well, that's not the church's job to talk about that stuff. Oh, goodness. That, that just baffles me to no end. I don't get that at all. Uh, because even, uh, you know, Marvin Gaye's album, there is a spiritual influence to it, right? Uh, there is a, a sense of that, you know, how, how he grew up in his environment and his religious background, that's kind of uh, some of what he is drawing on as, as he's um, you know, writing these songs and, and, and singing them as well. And how do we, how do we escape the, the idea, or the assertion that God cares about these things, about how we treat each other, about uh, the oppression that people face and about all these issues? And how do, I don't understand how we're able to compartmentalize and say, well, that's not Jesus stuff. Uh, that belongs out there. Um, I don't well, you know, and I, I think that when we start doing that, we, we're really us doing what Jesus, and I mean, when you look at the Gospels, Jesus constantly was ticking off the, the you know, the uh, church or the uh, uh, Jewish leadership. Uh, he was always doing something and they're saying, you shouldn't be doing that, uh, and and who is bringing a lot, uh, a lot of discomfort uh, into the synagogue because he would do what was not supposed to be done because we don't do that here. Uh, we don't talk about those things here. We don't uh, allow the, that kind of stuff to go on here. And uh, and 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 so it's interesting. It's almost like we've created a G. Well, we have. We've created uh, uh, Western Jesus, who's about, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
you know, health and wealth and, and all of those kind of things. And, and it's not new to the Western culture. You, 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 even if you go back and look at what they were expecting of the Messiah, uh, you know, someone who would advance the cause of Judaism and make Israel, make Israel great again, uh, kind of, uh, uh, talk. Uh, and yet he was, he was always, uh, you know, he was so centered on this one thing, the kingdom. Yeah. That that everything else uh, was gonna get uh, was gonna be challenged if it wasn't consistent with the kingdom of God. So uh, you know, and that's where we are, where we are called today as a church yeah. is to follow Jesus where Jesus would take uh, take us. Yeah, I think that's I hear. I don't want to hear about that at church, right? That whatever it is. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my question is, where do you want to hear it about? Because you hear it in the news <laughs> yeah. and you say, I don't want to hear it anymore. You hear it from uh, sports figures. I don't want to hear that. You hear it from entertain. I don't want to hear that. You read in the newspaper. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. Where do you want to hear it then? Where can we find it? I think that's just it. People don't want to hear it. They don't want to you know? <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, I keep going back to uh, Niemuller, you know, or Niemuller, who, who wrote First They Came For, but I wasn't one, so I didn't speak out. And then they came for, but I wasn't one, so I didn't speak out. And that's how we can compartmentalize. And even though we hear that, we don't hear the very last of it. Then they came for me, finally, uh, and there was no one left to speak out. And I think part of it is that we are blissfully ignorant in, in wanting to segregate ourselves. And I don't mean that word in, in the lightest terms, to segregate ourselves away from everybody else's issues and problems because it's safer. <clears throat> I can control my environment that way. I don't have to risk uh, my identity to be able to stand up for or to speak out for or to love someone else. Um, it, it, it's very dangerous when we slip into that mode of wanting to you know, circle the wagons and, and turn the news off and, and don't hear about anything. Because, man, you know, then we're just like Nemo or said, you know. I am a I am a Motown guy. I grew up listening to Motown. That that's 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 my jam, y'all. I love mm-hmm. Motown, and I can remember yeah. being an eight year old kid and, and hearing that album, right? And, mm-hmm. and hearing uh, I, we learned about Acid Rain in school. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's kind of weird. But then I heard. A song from Marvin Gaye, and he's kind of singing about. It. I'm like, whoa! I, I remember having this moment, like, wait a minute, he's singing about like what we just learned about in school, and that was the first time for me, like, where music kind of came more than just stuff that you listen to, right? Yeah. He's like, he's like a teacher now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, Connections. so anyway, to kind of wind things down for us, I guess you know it's a good time to maybe rethink how we can ask that question: What's going on? Because the church has something to say about what is going on our faith leads us to 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 want to ask that question you know for for everything Mm -hmm. it means and then decide how god is leading us to you know respond to it uh not just opinions and facebook rants but how do we respond in kingdom-like ways that bring the peace of god to the people who are affected uh, by it yeah 
the wiggy yacht question where is god in all this where is god in all this thank you for that yeah mm-hmm. uh, so maybe a, a way to to do that this week is go listen to what's going on before the week's end the whole album go listen yeah. to it all. just jam out a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and maybe have a conversation this week with someone what's going on and instead of you know, telling them, you know, what they should think about, just listen to them, let them express to you what's going on and use that as yeah. something that we pray about. Um, so I don't know if you guys know Donny Hathaway. He's actually my favorite singer. Love me some Donny Hathaway and uh, the song he sang, Take It From Me, One Day We'll All Be Free. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I know, that song was written uh, in particular for him because he had some mental health issues, talking about our first story and uh, if you know, he actually committed suicide and he just had some real uh, pressing mental health issues. So it was written kind of a response for him. One day you'll be free from all that, right? But sort of, it sort of take, took on a, another sort of level of, of uh, a mission for generations because it kind of became an anthem. Like one day we'll be free if we keep working. And I can appreciate both of those. And, and then with a faith perspective, I think that's our, our faith message as well, that one day we will be free. And that's, that's the freedom of God. It's the freedom from sin. That's the freedom from oppression. That's the freedom that God gives to God's people. And that is well worth working for as the body of Christ. That's gospel, dude. Gospel. Thank you, brother. And right, gospel so. means good news. That's right. We need it. So, you know, there's yeah anyway I'm, i don't want to preach that sermon i think you guys did a great job so our so, closing them is now uh, <laughs> yes right <laughs> so let's uh take it from there and uh we'll finish up and hopefully yeah go listen to the album go have a conversation with someone ask them what's going on and and be willing to listen and speaking of listening we're glad that you listened to us ramble on for a little bit we hope it's been helpful brad and tom it's always good to hear from you we hope uh, wade is enjoying his time off as well I always appreciate your input. And if there's ever anything you want us to talk about that we can help find a Christ-like response to, let us know. Send us an email, send us a voicemail or a message on Facebook, whatever's easier for you. So until next time, Brad, Tom, have a great rest of the week. You too, John. Thanks. Got to be with you.